morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, May 2nd. On this date in 1994, Nelson Mandela claimed victory in South Africa's first democratic elections. And for Civil War buffs on this date in 1863, Confederate General Thomas Jackson was accidentally wounded by his own men. It happened in Chancellorsville, Virginia, and he died eight days later. But history has referred to the general by a more well-known nickname. Do you remember it? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's see what the weather has in store for your Tuesday over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good Tuesday morning. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovai. Starting out a bit cool this morning. will be another breezy day ahead. The wind light initially today, but as the morning wears on, the winds start to pick up. Plenty of sunshine. Temperatures about 70 at lunchtime. We go up in the mid-70s this afternoon into this evening. Eventually, the wind dies down tonight. We go down to 50 degrees, so some cool starts next couple of mornings. We'll be at 49 on Thursday morning, 75. Wednesday afternoon, 78. Thursday will be near 80 degrees on Friday. Clouds will start to increase ahead of a storm system. It could bring us a couple of showers and thunderstorms on Saturday at 75. Should be mainly dry around 80 on Sunday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. After a shooting that left five people injured April the 7th, Alapalm's officials, they continue efforts to make sure the beach is safer. Yes, Nick Reagan joins us live now from Alapalm. So, Nick, last week, City Council approved new safety measures. Today, they're expected to take up even more. What's the latest? Yeah, guys, that's right. You know, after that shooting happened on April 7th, the city council, they immediately went into action, taking some practical steps to make the beaches here a little bit safer. One of those things, for example, that they did, that they did almost immediately was create the funding or pr provide the funding to get some new security cameras out here. There's actually a couple more uh, over here right now, and they're going to be placed at all the main entrances, all the busiest entrances to the beachfront. But, you know, security cameras, those are kind of the easiest steps. The uh, public safety meeting tonight, they're actually going to be considering some new things. One of those things is the development of a canine unit. Now, the canine units, they require special employees. They require some special equipment and facilities as well. But uh, they're going to be discussing that tonight as to whether or not that's going to be a practical step. Mayor Philip Pounds, he says that a canine is a proven deterrent to some of those uh, more, uh, I guess, aggressive acts you might find on the beach. And he says that it could very well be worth the price. You know, they're trained. They could have gone on the beach. If you kind of rewind the clock, Nick, if you will, to April 7th in the event we had here, you know, they could go on the beach. You know, they're trained to find discarded firearms, believe it or not. Uh, you know, they're they're trained to track somebody down. Now, guys, it's not just those physical security uh, tools and devices that the city council is going to be talking about. They're also talking about this new ordinance that was uh, first read uh, last week that would require any group of more than about 25 people to uh, request and obtain a permit on the beach. Now, of course, the mayor, he says that he's not exactly uh, he doesn't think that that permit would be followed by a lot of groups, especially like that senior skip day group that was out 
on the beach, but he says that it would give the police department another administrative tool to be able to break up large groups of people who are gathering. So tonight, that second reading is going to happen. That'll be the second and final reading. It'll happen in a special meeting later tonight. Katie, Aisha, back to you guys. Thanks, Nick. Well, we're learning the identity of the victim of a deadly crash involving a golf cart on Folly Beach over the weekend. Newlywed bride Samantha Miller died in that crash just hours after she and her new husband said, I do. Three other people on the golf cart, including Miller's husband, Eric Hutchinson, were taken to the hospital. Right now, police say two are in serious condition. The third is stable. A GoFundMe started by Hutchinson's mother to cover burial and medical costs has now surpassed its goal of $300,000. Police have arrested Jamie Komorski in connection with that crash. She's charged with three counts of driving under the influence, causing serious injury or death, and one count of reckless homicide. Police say Komorski was driving at 65 miles per hour in a 25-mile-per-hour zone when she hit the golf cart. Officials are working to learn more about where she was before the crash, and they're waiting on blood test results to come back as well. The Highway Patrol is investigating after a vehicle chase ended in West Ashley. The Charleston County Sheriff's Office says that chase ended near Ashley Hall Road and Sam Rittenberg Boulevard yesterday afternoon when the driver allegedly crashed into a deputy's car and a another car. The sheriff's office says they detained that driver at the scene. Information about that crash and how it started, it has not been released. No serious injuries are being reported. Authorities are continuing the search for Gerard Price, the convicted killer who was released nearly 16 years early in March. But nearly a week into that manhunt, the financial toll is starting to add up. The Richland County Sheriff's Department says they have spent more than $10,000 of taxpayer money uh, spent for that search since Thursday. They say that's equivalent to nine deputies working 12 hours a day. The Sheriff's Department says they're working with the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division and Department of Corrections. Last week, the South Carolina Supreme Court ruled to overturn the judge's order, which initially allowed for Price's release. The South Carolina Speaker of the House says the state's economy is a top priority. Lawmakers have announced $15 billion in economic development in just the last six months. Speaker Merle Smith says the state now needs to increase its workforce to keep up with the thousands of jobs expected to come over the next several years. So far in this legislative session, the House has passed two workforce development bills, one to put all statewide workforce efforts under the Department of Employment and Workforce, and the second to make sure students are ready for college or careers when they graduate high school. Lawmakers are also looking to continue attracting new companies to the state. In the next budget, $200 million has been set aside for the Department of Commerce to purchase shovel-ready mega sites, an approach Smith says is already paying off here and in other states. This legislation, uh, legislative session is coming to a close, but next year, Smith says he wants to see more efforts toward expanding childcare and transportation for workers. Many people in the Lowcountry are experiencing a headache after more than a thousand Aspen dental offices encountered a cybersecurity attack. The company says that attack temporarily affected their scheduling systems, phones, and other business applications. The attack has left some of their patients right here in the Lowcountry frustrated. A computer science professor at the College of Charleston says attacks on healthcare systems they are increasing and says companies should have plans in place if this happens. Aspen dental has not said if any confidential patient information has been accessed.
The city of Charleston will be getting millions of dollars to help address flooding issues on the peninsula. The city says a $10 million grant from the federal government will help fund a new pump station and retention pond near the King and Hugie Street intersection. The city says this is the second phase of addressing flooding at that location. Last year, they added additional drains and infrastructure. However, because of the low of the intersection's low-lying location, officials say gravity is not enough. The city hopes the new pump station will help pump water out of that intersection and into the Cooper River. According to the city, construction should be wrapped up in 2025, and when complete, the pump station will be able to pump around 70,000 gallons of water every minute. In an effort to streamline early childhood program access, First 5 SC has launched a new resource they say is a first of its kind. The program will allow parents to check their child's eligibility for dozens of programs and will then take information parents have entered and use it to apply to multiple programs at once. Officials with the program say all of this is to make it easy as possible for parents who might not have access to services their kids need to thrive. The program will also help families find resources is focused towards nutrition assistance, special needs services, and parenting support. Well, the Mother Emanuel AME Church in downtown Charleston is currently undergoing a $2.7 million project renovating both inside and outside the building. Officials with Mother Emanuel call the church a beacon of light in the community, and they say these renovations will help ensure it can stay open for another 100 years. Blondell Gadsden is the sister of Myra Thompson, one of the victims of the 2015 church shooting. Our Molly McBride got the chance to speak with Gadsden to hear her thoughts on those renovations. Blondell Gadsden tells me it's really important for her to leave behind a legacy of religion to her grandson. She says she's really thankful the church is spending the time and money to revitalize a building that's meant so much to her her entire life. The church uh, for me has always been a safe space. Even after 2015, I still consider it a safe haven. Gadsden says she doesn't know where she would be in life without the teachings from Mother Emanuel AME. She says it was really important to her that through the renovations, the church stayed as close to the original as possible. Mother Emanuel AME's senior pastor, Eric Manning, says they want to make as few changes to the historic church as possible and that the project started out of necessity after termites caused significant damage to some of the building's structure. He says they're reinforcing a few of the trusses inside the church and the balcony that holds the organ. They're also restuccoing and repainting the front of the church and the bell tower. But he tells me they're not changing anything and are doing their best to make sure everything goes back to how it was. Something Gadsden tells me is exactly what she wants. I know we couldn't have exactly what we had in the original church, but just keeping it as close to that so that we're not taking away from the beauty of the church. This is a beautiful, beautiful edifice, and I just think that we would do more harm than good. Manning tells me they'll likely wrap up the first phase of the project by the end of June, and then they'll begin the second phase in about a year and a half. Reporting in downtown Charleston, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. At the top of the show, I told you that on this date in 1863, Confederate General Thomas Jackson was mortally wounded by his own men. He would die days later. 
history would refer him to a more popular nickname. You've probably heard of him by that name, Stonewall Jackson. Celebrating birthdays this Tuesday, singer Engelbert Humperdinck is 87, singer Larry Gatlin is 75, actress Christine Baranski is 71, fashion designer Donatella Versace is 68, wrestler turned actor Dwayne The Rock Johnson is 51, and former soccer player David Beckham is 48. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I hope you have a great Tuesday, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, a Low Country's news leader.